Father is not around. But um, in Psalm 68, it says, Psalm 68, 4 says, Sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. I want to just testify about how God truly is a father to the fatherless, and he does it through his church. Every single person, leader, and male figure in this church, even female figure, has provided for my daughter in every single way and myself. And I just want to give a very thank you, a big thank you to Pastor Jared, to Pastor Bertle, to Pastor Joe, to Pastor Adam, to Pastor Ellie, you know, and even just the males in general. They, you, ha you guys have been such a support for me and my daughter, and um, I just want to thank you, and I want to wish every single one of you a happy Father's Day for uh, Salvador as well. I mean, it's just a blessing to be a part of a church that truly cares for providing, for helping with counsel, for guiding, and for filling in that place that is empty, but it's filled with their love, and I just love that, so thank you so much. Praise the Lord. So I'm just going to go ahead and we're going to um, just pray up so we can get ready to worship, okay? Heavenly Father, I just come before your throne, my God, and I thank you personally, my God, on behalf of myself and my daughter Isis for being a father to us, for being that place, Lord God, for filling it up, Lord. God, I pray that in this time of worship, you would speak to those who are in the same predicament, Lord God. I pray that you would show yourself today as the father that you truly are through your people, Lord God. Let your fire just fall upon this place today, Lord God, in as, as we worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Come on, help me sing this song. Come on, sing in your life. Cause in your life, as I find my strength, and in your truth, I overcome. Your grace, as I lose myself for in your love. Come on, sing it out. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness. My heart can't keep it, and I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness. Into such joy and gladness, my heart can't keep it. And I'm shouting, I'm shouting. Come singing in your joy, cause in your joy I find my strength, and in your hope, yes, I overcome. And in your grace, as I lose myself, in your love, we'll sing it out. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy. My heart, my heart can't keep it in. I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness. My heart can't keep it in. I'm 
shout, lift up a shout of praise. Lord, we love you, Lord. Come on, every voice, sing after me. Whoa, 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 of sadness into such joy my heart can't keep it child we shout to you you turn my tears of sadness into such joy my heart come on how many of you guys know we just had an outreach this weekend the Puerto Rican fest how many of you guys were there? All right, we're going to have a time right now where you guys can come and testify one at a time. Let's keep it to a minimum, very short, but let's just testify about what God did. So whoever wants to come up, come up right now so you can testify to the people. right now about God's goodness this weekend.
My boy Josh was in Skokie. He said there was clouds and there was rain all day long. But Humble Park was clear skies and sunny. God provided an amazing weather for us. Amen. Amen. All right, last one. so awesome on my heart it was the youth i wanted to see the youth get saved i wanted to see a youth revival and um but also the people i talked to got touched with you i, I found out that, that three youth got saved so um so you know i, I feel my prayer was answered and i'm just excited to see what god is going to do in the high school we'll sing you turn you turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness my heart can't keep it in, I'm shouting. One more time, shouting. sing it out. You turn, you turn. My tears of sadness. Oh, to such joy. My heart, my heart can't keep it in, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness. My heart can't keep it in. Come on, every voice, sing it. Whoa, 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 Shout a victory. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, for who you are. Oh, Lord, you never take a day off. We thank you, Lord. Can we thank you right now? Come on. But you love people before they even love you. And God, you love your church. And God, we meet here this morning, not because it's a ritual or we have nothing else better to do, because we know, God, we know that you meet with you people. And you're in heaven and, and you're our Father. God, today as we celebrate fathers, as, as we remember them and all that they are to our lives. God, we take the time to remember you are our Father in heaven. Come on, you may not have had an earthly father, and you may have, or some of you may not have known him, or the relation may be strained, but you have a Father right now who is in heaven who loves you unconditionally. <laughs> it's not based off of your performance. Come on, through the good or through the bad. Come on, would you just lift your hands to me right now? We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. It's your presence in this place. So every person, God, who's struggling right now to see you as a good father. Oh, because of their earthly fathers. Come on, Father, we break that off in Jesus' name. God, you are the Father that loves us through and through. You are the Father that sees us, God, that coaches us, that counsels us. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.
Of the Father to our heart this morning. Oh, I must say, Tarabasu. Father, this morning,
We are desperate for you. Hallelujah. I want you guys to just lift up in prayer. Somebody in your life that you know that does not know him right now. Start praying for that one in your life that does not know Jesus. Lord, we pray for the lost loved ones in our life. I lift up my sister to you, God. May they experience the fullness of your presence. I pray that they would receive the gospel message of salvation to be saved. We pray for those, God, that don't know you. Wrap them in your arms, God. Lead them to repentance. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit right now would speak to them, that you would whisper into their ear, call them by name, God. Oh, Jesus, I lift up Vicki and her husband, Nick. Save them. Save them right now. Arrest them in the spirit. Every single person in this place, call them out by name. Every name that we lift up before your throne right now, God, I pray that you would come to them. Send your Holy Spirit to bring conviction. Allow your loving kindness, God, to draw them to repentance, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song again. And let's pray that that will be for our lost loved ones, that that would be their desire. And as we lift that up, let's just thank God for all that he's done for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. We want more. We want more of you, God. Jesus, set a fire in us. Set a fire in those that don't know you that are in our life. Jesus. I want more of you, God. Yes, I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. That I can't control I want more of you, God I want more of you, God Hallelujah, Jesus We love you, Lord We worship you this morning your presence in this place you are good God and what you do is good we have tasted and seen your goodness Lord we thank you we thank you amen hallelujah we're gonna at this time if you can all um, just give the Lord a hand clap let's praise the Lord this morning Woo! praise God in this place he is good if you can take your seats I'm going to preach the gospel to you this morning. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I will be speaking to those in this place that do not know Jesus. We thank you for coming to Metro Praise International. We welcome you here on Father's Day. My name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. And I want to share with you this passage of scripture. If you don't know Jesus today, I want to give you the opportunity to meet him, to start a relationship with him. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. 
first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. I want to let you know that we are not ashamed of this gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came and died for your sins, was beaten and bruised, nailed to a cross, died and rose again. And that salvation is made available to you. God's power is at work when we proclaim this good news. And it is ready to work in your life and to transform you from the inside out. If you don't know Jesus today, all you have to do is desire to know him. Come to the cross of Jesus because it is only by his blood that our sins are forgiven, that our lives are transformed, healing flows from the cross. There is wholeness that takes place on the inside. No other name. There is no other name that we could call upon to be saved only by the name of Jesus and his blood can cover you, make you white like snow. When you are saved, when you receive this gospel message, this gospel that we are not ashamed of, Because the Bible says that if we are ashamed of him on earth, he will be ashamed of us before heaven. I want to plead with you this morning. If you are not right with God, get right with him today. Today is a day for salvation. And when you receive this salvation, you are justified before God. Justified, just if I'd never sinned. You are reconciled into a relationship with God the Father. And you are redeemed. And what are we redeemed from? A life of damnation and hellfire. He redeemed us. He's called us out of darkness into his light. If you could stand up with me this morning. I want to pray for those of you who are in this place and who are in that place of decision. I want to let you know that today is a day for you to be saved. Jesus is calling your name. We're going to have Adam and Christina over here, our altar workers on the side. They will be ready to pray with you. If you want to make that decision to accept Jesus, God, we thank you for this time that we can be in your presence. We thank you for the gospel that we are not ashamed of it. The gospel that brings salvation, the power of God that flows through that to transform our lives. I pray, God, for those that you are calling, that they would make that decision today and never look back. Seal this word in their heart. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise him this morning. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. At this time, we're going to confess our creed. It is our confession of faith. If you would like a handout, Please lift up your hand. And also at this moment, we would like to dismiss the children to the children's room. King's kids on the back. We would dismiss them at this time. Just wave your hand in the air if you want a a handout of this in front of you. We're going to recite this together. The reason why we do this every week is because we want to profess our Christian worldview. We believe this. We stand upon this. And those of you that who are here for the first time, we want to let you know this is what we believe. Amen. So on the count of three, please repeat with me together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation and his death, 
burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you guys just greet, have fun, fellowship, give out some hugs, meet somebody you don't know. to Metro Praise International. Look to your neighbor, say, I'm so glad you're here. And look to your other neighbor, say, I'm so glad you're here too. Amen. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Our services here at MPI Church are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and every Friday at 7 p.m. for our youth group, Elevate. Come on, amen. And we want to just welcome all those uh, that are first-time visitors. Thank you for being here. If you received a brochure out in the back, in the front out there, if you could just cut, fill out the perforated section and just drop it in the drop box, we would love to keep in touch with you. And also, we want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Clap it up. You are welcome here. And we want to make an announcement there. We, we are going to be offering free family photos for Father's Day today. Monique, one of our deacons, will be in the back as service is dismissed. And you can take a family portrait for free. And we will, you know, get those pictures to you. So we don't want you to leave without getting that taken with you and your family. Amen. We also want to just um, make a, an announcement about yesterday. Thank you, thank you for all who came out to the Puerto Rican Festival Outreach. We had an amazing, amazing time. Thank you all for joining us for the evangelism rally, all that came out into the streets. Do you believe that God used you to do something awesome in this city? Amen. We have changed lives by the power of God. And we just want to honor the Fort Wayne for Jesus team right now. If you guys can all take a stand. My father-in-law, Jim Wyrostek, and my mother-in-law, Lorraine Wyrostek, they brought this team down. Come on. Woo! We thank you for coming to our city and helping us preach the gospel of Jesus. And we just want to honor their youth leader, Pastor Jason, correct? Jordan, sorry. Pastor Jordan for bringing the youth and just everybody that came out. Thank you for helping us win Chicago for Jesus. And we will pray that we send you out by God's grace to win four wings for Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Moving right along. Our vision here at MPI is loving God and loving people. We desire to do that with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And our discipleship strategy is very simple. It is connect, mentor, and send. We connect people to the cross, mentor them with the cross, and send them out with the cross. And the way that we connect people in this church is through our weekly life groups. If you have your handout of announcements, please wave it in the air. All of our information of life group uh, places are there. Find a place where you belong and call family. Because we are a church of disciples that share life together. We want to share life with you. So please connect to our life groups through that. And then we want to mentor you through our 101 book. It's called Welcome to Your New Life, Seven Steps to Spiritual Growth. We have leaders in place ready to take you through this. And also our 201 Sunday School class taught by Jared Walker to train you to be a leader in this church and to one day be ordained as a deacon and elder. And we believe that by God's grace, we will continue to send people out to evangelism, street witnessing, witnessing on your jobs, living a lifestyle of evangelism. Amen. And our goal is 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and then 500 churches around the world. If you believe we can do that, say amen. Amen. God is so good. At this time, we're going to prepare to give and receive our tithes and offerings. And I just want to thank all those who have been faithful tithers. If you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm going to read verse 17 through 18. As you prepare to give to the Lord, we believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income. And everything above that is an offering to God, an amount that is between you and Jesus. And we believe that that offering is designated for, for MPI towards missions and our building fund because we believe in giving above our tithe to see the world change for Christ. 
If you are there in Deuteronomy 8.17, please say amen. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. This was spoken to the Israelites as they were preparing to get into the promised land. And they were being told, do not forget the Lord. Remember the Lord in your wealth. Remember the Lord when you get there. Don't forget all of my commands. And I want to apply that to us today as his church, as his bride. Let us remember the Lord. We must live a lifestyle of putting God first in every area of our life. And finances is one of that. And the Israelites were challenged with this. Don't forget my commands. Honor me. Remember me. And one way that we honor the Lord with our finances is by giving through tithes and offerings. Because he wanted to make sure that in their pride and their prosperity, that they, would claim, that they wouldn't claim, you know, this, their, that everything they received was just through their own strength, that they produced it. Everything we have is because of God. And let's remember, remember that it is a lifestyle of faithfulness, a lifestyle of faithfully tithing and offering that God will bless us. So many people think, oh, if I just tithe today, God's going to give me a million dollars. It doesn't work like that. Being faithful produces fruitfulness. Let's be faithful with our tithes and offerings. Amen. And put God first in our life, in our finances. Let's stand up to our feet this morning. We want to say thank you to all those who are faithful tithers and givers unto the Lord. We cannot do what we do without you. We are partnered together to reach this city and the nations for Jesus. Amen. Let's repeat this passage of scripture together. We're going to wait for it to come up. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For what the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. I pray, God, that you would just continue to work and move in our lives. I ask, God, that all the offerings and the tithes that come forth, that it would be a sweet aroma unto you. I ask you, God, that you would continue to bless and prosper your people with jobs and increases and raises. I pray that as we put you first and we are faithful to give unto you, you would give us, God, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to the glory of your name. Meet our budget this month. Receive all the praise and glory. We thank you for what you're doing in MPI, in this city, and across the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come forward as you get. that my dad would come forward. We're going to get ready to honor the fathers today. Dad, would you come forward? As my dad comes forward, I just would like to share with you what it was like for me growing up with a dad that served God. Um, For me, it was like a great privilege. I didn't always like it. There were times that it was hard, but I look back on it now and I hear the stories of so many families that uh, didn't have that 
You know, maybe a father was an alcoholic or a father uh, cheated on the wife or left the family or father wasn't around. And uh, I just look at your life to me as one of the greatest treasures that God has given me. I am so serious. Out, outside of salvation, my wife and kids, I would say that you're that greatest treasure. And mom and you are like one. So Mother's Day is not today. So today's Father's Day. But I just want you all to hear this from my heart first before you hear his heart. That our culture has made the dad kind of the boob of the, of the sitcoms. He's always the fumble farter. Uh, you know, and, and then what's macho is this secular, perverted, drunkard, beer belly guy or whatever, some, something else. We need to acknowledge again what true men are and what a man of God is. And I want to say this because I know my congregation, and I know many of you did not grow up with a father who was a man of God. And many, many times when I pastor you, and I discipline you, and I correct you. So many get hurt, and they say, oh, oh, pastor, you're, you're not supposed to do that. I'm only used to a mother's tender love. This man wasn't always tender with me. This man wasn't always speaking soft and effeminate to me. He showed me what it was like to be a man. He taught me what it was like to be respectful. And so for many of the single men here today, I want you to hear what a man of God's testimony is like, what it's like to serve the Lord for 30-plus years, to have a family that raises up to become men of God, that look up to him. And here's just one other thing, because I'm not taking his thunder. This is Father's Day, and my dad has as much time as he needs. Wink, wink. No, I'm kidding. But I want you to hear from my heart today. I want you to hear from my heart today. You can be successful in whatever you do and put God first. If you think men being successful means you have to cut corners, cheat, and lie, you have not met successful Christian men. Christian men, listen to me, are the backbone of a civilization. They're the backbone of a civilization. If men are not present and God is not in their lives, a civilization will fall apart. But if it starts with the man and they serve God and they're men of integrity, They'll lead in government. They'll lead in business. They'll provide for their wives and children. They will serve in the military. Godly Christian men are the bedrock of civilization. Get out of your mind, liberalism. Get out of your mind, little Wayne. Get out of your mind, jerks and, 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 uh, and, and these men who are on TV who throw a rubber ball through a metal hoop, or put a stick on ice and put it in a net. Get that out of your mind. They are not your heroes. They are not your role models. Let me just give you an example. Try to go to their game without a ticket. They won't let you. They don't love you. They say they love their fans. They don't love you, sir. You think, you think the Blackhawks love you? They don't love you like they Ask them, to, can I come to your game without a ticket? A man of God will be a generous man. A kind man invites you to his house, take care of you, take care of your children. I remember one time my dad lent his Cadillac out to a man in our church so he could drive to Indianapolis for a job interview. That's a man of God. This is not what you see in culture. This is what it is. And so every man, I challenge you, 
to be a man of God. Listen to what he says. Single women, marry a man of God. Don't marry some guy who doesn't have his life together, and then two years later you're running to this altar asking us to help you. You live for God today. Don't live with regrets. And those of you who are not in that position and you have messed up or he has messed up, we are praying for you. But here's the deal. We believe he's supposed to be a man, not a boy. And so we're not talking to you as little boys. We're talking to you as men. This is my father. He's built this church in my character. So would you stand to your feet and bless the Lord for a man of God in this house. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give God all the glory. Amen. If you can turn to your Bibles and just kind of put your finger in Acts 6, we're going to get there in a second. I'm going to go fast, but I'm going to go slow enough that you get the message that I'm trying to impart here, okay? I'm going to uh, paraphrase a lot of the Scripture. Everything, say everything, that Jim gives me is from the Word of God. It may sound with a Polish accent, south side of Chicago, but it's the Word of God. Amen? Now, I don't know why, but a lot of people ask me, and, and, and when I say a lot, you know, who knows that a lot is relative to whatever, right? <laughs> but people ask me, men especially, what makes a real man? What is a real man? Now, I, I don't know why they ask me that. I don't know if because I'm 67 years old and uh, I've been serving the Lord Joseph over 30, probably 42 years, you know. I don't know if it's the way I live, but they asked me. So as they were asking me, I had to come up with some brief explanations of what makes a real man. Now, this applies to young boys, if you're here, teenagers, young men, old men, doesn't matter. Same thing applies. I'm going to tell you what makes a real man. Now, for you ladies listening, this is the kind of man that you want. A real man, right? Amen? It's okay to say amen to me. Amen. You know me. Okay, a real man. Very simple. I, got a, I broke it down into three main ingredients, three main characteristics of a real man. Now, you have to have these ingredients. If you don't have these three, it'd be like baking a cake without flour, eggs, and sugar. Okay? It won't work. You need all three. First thing, a man, a real man. Say real man. Now, when I'm talking about a man, I'm talking about a real man, okay? I'm not talking about a fake man, TV man, anything else like that. Super. I'm talking about a real man. First thing a real man needs. He needs to have faith in God. Faith in God, first thing. Faith in God. See, because if he has faith in things, if he has faith in automobiles, faith in houses, faith in money, faith in fame, faith in all this other stuff, he's really pleasing man. That's what he's pleasing. But my Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. See, so you can have all this stuff, all this junk, everything else. You can work, ba, 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 ba. You don't have faith. You're not pleasing God. So if you want to please God, you've got to have faith. It's very simple. 
Faith in God. Real man has faith in God. Second ingredient, second characteristic of a real man. He must, they must be obedient to the Word of God. You must be obedient to the Word of God. So you have to have faith in God. That's the flower. You following me? You've got to be obedient to the Word of God. Now here's the one that you all need because you can't do that without this part. I want you to turn to Acts 6. Now I'm not going to go there. Now every one of these things so far that I've talked to you about I can preach on. But I'm not going to preach on any one of them. Okay, we got the first thing. Faith in God, right? Obedient to the Word. Let's look over here, and I'm just going to, you know the story. Acts 6, about Stephen. But anyway, here's the thing that the, the apostles are going to choose somebody to help him out. Wait on tables. Verse 3 says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Now they had to have a good reputation first. And how to have a good reputation in their eyes was they had to have faith in God and obedience to the word. But then he says this. Seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Now you got one who's got a good reputation, he's full of the Holy Spirit. Now you can appoint him uh, he didn't say, I want you to appoint him as the pope or as a bishop or as a pastor. or as a, or You can now appoint that person to wait on tables. That's how the church used to be. That's how the church used to be. So, real man has faith in God, obedient to the word, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, I'm going to tell you what happens here. When you got these three ingredients working they're working together now, right? Faith in God, obedient to His Word, He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens. It will make you a man of integrity. It will make you a man of honesty. It will make you a man of credibility. It will make you a man that people can trust. It will make you a good father. It will make you a good son. It will make you a good friend. Those three ingredients in any man will accomplish those things. Because a man of God who's filled with faith, obedient to the Word, and filled with the Holy Spirit is only going to do things to please God. And God is concerned about you. Why? Because the Bible says this. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of His people. Okay? You do what God wants, He takes pleasure in your prosperity. He wants you to prosper. So you do what He wants, He does His part. Amen? I've been in business 43 years for myself, self-employed. I've dealt with lots of people. I've dealt with rich people, poor people, fat people, skinny people, you know, educated people, non-educated people. And I'm going to tell you, the men that stood out to me most and the men that spoke into my life, had these three characters. Amen? That's it. Praise the Lord. I'm not taking any more time. This is a busy place here.
Awesome. All right. Uh, Josh, can you move this platform over there for me, please? And I'm going to ask that all the men would come and stand uh, before us. We have a gift that we want to give you. Ben, would you guys come back, those who are not fathers? Um, so I'm so I'm calling fathers. Let me be specific. Are you a father, sir? Okay, amen. Just want to make sure. And uh, let's get the gifts ready for them. If you remember the tone, if you guys could face me as you come forward. Fathers, if you could remember the tone for Mother's Day. We were kind of joking around a little bit, but now for Father's Day. It's just a different atmosphere in my heart because I believe, fathers, that you guys carry the responsibility for your family, and that's a serious deal. But we also want to rejoice with you for all the good that you've done. So, gentlemen, would you guys just kind of take a couple more steps that way so they can make a line right here? I just want to speak to your heart as a father of three. Let's see what father has the most kids, okay? I've got three. Does anybody got more than three? You've got three. Come on. You've got four? All right, David got it. Give it up for David. He he gets an extra treat. Joselito, give him. I'm serious. Give him an extra treat. He needs it. He needs it. Bless God. But, but men, we are so excited that you call this your church. And I know that one of the things a man has to do before he goes to church is he has to look at the other men in that church, starting with me and the leaders, and ask himself, do I respect that man? You know, the women will come for different reasons, and I don't want to make their reasons seem shallow, but I know for certain that when men come to church, the first thing they do is they look at the other men and say, can I follow him? Can I listen to him? Can he help me be a better dad? Can he help me be a better better husband? And I want to thank you for trusting our church to do that. And I'll be the first one to tell you, as you've heard me preach, I have made mistakes all along the way and continue to make them. And I know you have too. But here's the thing about a good man. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. You know, we're carrying a lot on our shoulders. We're carrying our families. We're carrying our wives' emotions. And God knows we need help with that. God knows we need help with that. Amen. It's okay, man. Don't be scared. It's your day. It's your day, man. Don't be scared. <laughs> God knows we need help with that. You know we need help. I was talking to Ish this morning, and he was ironing his own shirt, getting ready to come here. And he said to himself, should I say to my wife, you should iron. Oh, you did say should you, what'd you say? Yes. And then he was just waiting to see what was going to be thrown at him. Praise God. But Ben, it's not always easy. You're carrying the pressure of taking care of your wife, your children. And I don't know about you, but I think a crying baby and a father is like kryptonite to Superman. There is not, there is not one man that has children that I know that just loves crying babies. The women run into the room. We're running away from the room. Honey, take care of that. Take care. You, you take care of that crying baby before I have to make another to replace him. Come on. So we're taking care of our wives, taking care of our children. We're setting the example in our communities. You know, just like the neighborhood I live in, men get together. Hey, how do you cut your grass? How do you get the bees wasp away from here? You know, hey, man, you got an extra saw I can borrow? You know, we were cutting stuff down. You know, you're leaders in your community. You're leaders on your job. People look up to you. And we want to pray for you that you do it all by giving your burdens, your pressure, your anxieties, your responsibilities to your heavenly Father. That we would all look to the cross and we would say, 
Father, you are so good to Jesus, your son. Do that for me. Carry my burdens. Help me. Because the Bible says that he raised his son up on the third day. He didn't abandon his son. He gave his son resurrection life, made him king of kings and lord of lords. And now we come in the name of Jesus. Think about that. When you pray, our Father, who art in heaven, fathers, when you pray, our Father, you are praying like Jesus prayed to his Father. And when then you say, in Jesus' name, you are taking the favorite Son of God and applying it to your life. And the Father will hear your prayers. And He will do for you everything that He would do for Jesus. Think about that. God, our Father, will do for us what He would do for Jesus because we come to Him in His name. So, gentlemen, we have a lot of pressure. We have bad days, good days. We, we do deserve that time to sit down, be left alone, have the TV on. I'll watch reality show, the cooking show, but I'll just be like, Nancy, please be quiet. Don't talk now. You may be watching the Blackhawk. You deserve those moments. But I'll tell you the best way to get rest is just make time in prayer every day. Read your Bible. Some men, you might have to put it on the iPod. Some men, you might just have to sit down on your break and open it up. Figure out ways to stay close to God. Can I get an amen for all the fathers up here? Amen. Amen. We just want to pray for you now. Father, I come to you, the great Father, the good Father, the all-loving Father, and I ask you to bless these fathers here. May we as fathers be like you in heaven, and may we be your children, like Jesus, obedient always to do your will, and whenever we need your help to come to you. If we lack wisdom, you'll give us wisdom. If we lack strength, you'll give it. If we lack patience, if we lack understanding, You'll always give it to us. I pray you bless us as fathers in Jesus' name. And can everybody say amen. Now, will you stand to your feet and come on, give these fathers a hand clap? Come on, Lawrence, get on these drums, son. Lawrence, get over here. Now, everybody turn around. Uh, fathers, turn around. We're going to put some treats in your hands. The band is going to play and get excited. And, this, and uh, we're going to all come by and tell these fathers we're thankful for what they do. So come on by right now and shake hands as the band plays. Where did Lawrence disappear to? Okay. Come on, Jesus. Hey, now you move from your seats, congregation, and tell them thank you. Come on up. Come on up and shake their hands and tell them thank you.
All right. We're going to get the skit team ready because um, they prepared an awesome skit for Bariqua Fest yesterday, the Puerto Rican Festival. But we weren't able to bring out the sound system just because of the weather. And uh, we said, man, we're not going to let that go to waste. God knows you put a lot of hard work in it. So the skit team is going to get ready and perform uh, the skit everything. So let's give it up for the skit team.
Awesome job, guys. Awesome job. Amen. Amen. The Lord knows when that will get on the streets again. Maybe uh, Taste of Chicago. Jared, are we going out to Taste Chicago? We can't. <laughs> What's the next outreach we got planned? What's the next one on the list? Gay Pride. Oh, yeah, they'll love that there. That'll be great. We just got to add another part to the skit, you know, a same-sex gender attraction thing. You know what I'm saying? And they'll get it, and Jesus will set them free. Nothing wrong with that, right? Jesus sets us free from that, all right? Okay, let's think about that team. Get together with They did an awesome job. Uh, let me get Pastor Jordan to come up real quick. Let's give it up for Pastor Jordan. Woo, woo. <laughs> Pastor Jordan, you have just encouraged me, blessed me, inspired me, uh, comforted me in so many ways, man, just by watching your enthusiasm, you know, because uh, I know a little bit about Jordan because we got to hang out the last time he came up. If you remember, he had sat over here with a couple gentlemen, and uh, we went out that whole day, man. We, we uh, went downtown to the Hancock, and I just got to hear his heart, and he reminded me so much of myself uh, being brought up in a Christian family, uh, kind of just going through the motions, and then really had a, a, a direct encounter with God that changed him, and then he, he, he became obedient to the call, and he has such a passion and such a hunger, and I love that because I don't ever want to lose that. So uh, maybe just share a little bit about what you've been getting out of the trip, what you see uh, in your team's life. If you want one or two of them to join you, you can, but uh, the mic is yours, man. Well, this is, <laughs> this was like poor timing for me, because that, that everything skit, I don't know, I've seen that a hundred times, but it gets me every time. It gets me. <laughs> we don't what this means <laughs> there's so many lost people out there they're feeling that I was there I know it and even though I grew up in a, a Christian home and uh, things were <laughs> kind of what they should be in some ways inside it, it wasn't I know what it means to, to have a family but yet still feel alone I know what it means to have friends but yet still feel like there's no one that really cares about you. And these people, they're walking these streets, are feeling that same thing. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Oh, man. I just thank God for this opportunity to be here, for this opportunity for Christ to be revealed even more to the students that came with me, and even more to you. Man. We were to see things in the spirit. What would it, it looks like that? This is life and death. This is so important, and it's so it's sad that sometimes we get in the motions of the religious spirit of going to church on Sunday. And okay, we're going to sing the songs and do this, but we don't realize this is life and death. This is eternity in hell or in heaven. But there's freedom in Jesus' name. There is freedom in Jesus' name. He paid the price. It is done. I thank you so much, God. I thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done for me. So from, for taking me from being that broken soul and turning me into a man of God. Stand me up. God, I pray that for more and more souls, that the lost would see you that the lost would get to know you and they would know your love, God. Jesus, you are amazing. You are worthy to be praised. God, we bless your name today.
thank you so much, Jesus, for what you've done. And we give it all to you, God. You are deserving of all the glory. You receive it all. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, brother. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Would you all open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 7? So good to see you here this morning. We're in a series called The Spirit-Filled Life. And the best Father's Day present you could give to me is to let me preach for the next hour. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Half kid. (laughs) Okay, here we go. We're going to go through this. You can turn on my mic a little bit back there, please. Uh, We are going to continue in our Spirit-Filled series. And today's message is, Is Anyone Thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? So we are talking about the spirit-filled life, what it means to be full of the spirit of God. And I want you to open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 7 and ask yourself this question, even as Pastor Jordan was asking it over our generation, is anyone thirsty? John chapter 7, verse 37, we see Jesus is at a Jewish festival. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this was one of the main festivals that the Jewish people celebrated. And the Feast of Tabernacles was to commemorate the time that they had spent in the desert living in tents. So the better term is the Feast of Tents, a celebration of tents. And so what they would do for basically a week is they would go camp out in their yards or wherever they could find a place to camp out and live in a tent and then just party and remember what God did for them when they were in the desert for 40 years living in those tents and how he brought them to the promised land, to where they could live in prosperity and blessing in the land of milk and honey. And so every year, one whole week, they would remember where God had took them from and they would go camping and celebrate Jesus' goodness. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a camper, okay? I will go wherever you go camping at, hang out with you all day. I'll ride my mountain bike. I'll go rock climbing. I'll get dirty. I'll eat a worm. I'll do whatever you do. Just at night, I don't want to sleep in the tent. I want to go back to the hotel. I just That's just me. I want to go back to the hotel, to the air conditioning, shower up, put on something on TV, and do it all over again the next day. So I admire these guys for leaving their comfort because for them, they didn't have to live in tents anymore. But I admire them because for one whole week, they would do it. And you know, those of us who have families, you know the kids would be complaining. You know it would get stinky in that tent. Come on, somebody. And you know you would want your space back. But the reason why you would stay in that tent, And the reason why you would want your children to stay in that tent was to remind them, this is what Moses and the Israelites did for 40 years. This is what it was like for them. But God never forsook them. God was always with them. He would bring manna every day. He would bring quails. He would bring his glory to the tent of meeting fire by night and cloud by day. Let us celebrate and remember this. And then you know what would happen. Somebody lights up the Barbie. Come on, baby. And that makes the camping a little bit better because the good food the arachetta, the barbecue, the, the brats, you know what I'm saying? The steak starts going out there, sizzling, and that's what made it a celebration. But on the last and greatest day, on the eighth day, which was known the last and which was known as the greatest day of the feast, they would all head to Jerusalem where the temple was built to go there to watch a ceremony be done, which was called the pouring out of the water. And what the priests would do is they would go down to a pool of Siloam, which is right in front of the temple, and they would gather up 
jars of water from that pool of Siloam, and they would walk it up to the temple area, not into the Holy of Holies, on the altar. They wouldn't approach there, but into the temple area, the inner court area, and then they would pour it on the ground, and it would go down the stairs that Solomon had built, and it would run down for everybody to see, and they would quote out this scripture, Isaiah 12, 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And the reason why they would do this is because what is like the opposite of a desert? Like water, right? Like an ocean is the opposite of like a desert. And so they would come on the greatest day of the feast. They would take these jars of water, pour it out at the steps of the church, and then they would shout out to God, with joy we draw the water from the wells of salvation. Because what you did for us in the natural, taking us out of a tent and bringing us into prosperity, you've done in the spiritual. You've taken us out of the deserts of our life, the pain of our past, and you've refreshed Refreshed us with joy, with living water. That's what the celebration was about. Is anybody here celebrating that today? But now watch Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh upon this earth, goes to the temple that day on the last and greatest day of the feast, after the water has already been poured out, after the week of celebration in the tents has happened, and that last and greatest day, you're with me now in John chapter 7, verse 37. If you're there, say I'm there. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Is anyone thirsty? If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whosoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him, from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. As if it couldn't get any better. God had taken them from the desert, from the wilderness, to the land of promise. He had then given them spiritual refreshing and a relationship with himself. And then Jesus comes and says, what you've known in the old covenant, all of that is just a type and shadow of who I am. Because you're just not going to take a drink. You're going to be overflowing with rivers of living water by my spirit. And you haven't tasted that water yet like that. That's what it says. It had not yet been given. And those of you who have been tracking with us through the Spirit-filled series understand there was a special day that the Spirit was given to the disciples in the New Covenant. And what was that day? What do we call that day? Pentecost, and that was another Jewish feast. Pente, meaning 50. They would celebrate 50 days after Passover and the beginning of harvest. And while they were doing that, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples. Tongues of fire sat upon them. A mighty rushing wind blew through the building, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They then stumbled out in a drunken Holy Ghost stupor to the streets like Mardi Gras. People began to look at them and say, what wine are these guys getting drunk on at nine in the morning and then Peter stood up for everybody to hear he said these men are not drunk like you suppose it's only in the morning they're lambasted on the glory of God this is what Joel said he, uh, Peter said this is what the prophet Joel said in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh sons and daughters will prophesy young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams Jesus kept his word. 
Jesus did what he said he would do. But that day he spoke the promise unto them that if anybody was thirsty, not only would they take a drink, something from the outside for them to go to a water bottle or go to a well and take a drink, but that rivers themselves would be in them flowing through them. I used to live in New Orleans, and the mightiest river is there in America, the Mississippi River, at its widest place, over a mile wide. And I used to hang out around there, fish around there, take hikes and walks down by the levee. The Bible doesn't say that we just have one river living on the inside of us. We have rivers. Could you imagine the Mississippi flowing through you, the Nile flowing through you, the Amazon flowing through you, and them not be dirty or polluted, but full of life, everlasting joy, peace, happiness flowing through you. Would you ever run out? Would you ever run out? Would one person ever run out of water if you had the Mississippi all to yourself? How about rivers, plural? You had the Mississippi. You had the Amazon. You had all of these rivers to yourself individually. One person, multiple rivers. Would you ever go thirsty again? God says he loves you so much, each one of you, that he will put in you multiple rivers of the Holy Spirit through you. And what are those rivers? Those rivers are the joy, the peace, the happiness, the emotional goodness of God coming through you. All throughout the Bible, our soul is compared to a place that's either a wilderness, a desert, or a river. And I want to show you this in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. But before I give you a Bible lesson on this, I want you to hear the message clearly today. God wants to put rivers in you by His Spirit. He wants to wash away your sadness. He wants to wash away your past. He wants to wash away the hurt, the bitterness, what things that people have done to you. And He wants a river just to bubble up through you and come out with joy so that you have so much you share it with others. Hey, do you want a drink of the river? I've got enough to share. Do you want this happiness? I've got enough to share. When rivers come in us and they come to us, God wants them to go through us because it's more than enough water for me, is it not? If I have multiple rivers inside of me, isn't it enough for me? So what do I do with the extra that I have? I let God use me in this world to refresh other people. Have you ever seen somebody have a bad day? They come into the office where you work, and they affect everybody else. Because they have that attitude, just everybody starts walking on edge. and Because they're being snippy. Other people start getting snippy. Or have you ever seen how it goes in the house? And, I, and I've even seen it, I'll tell on myself, where I come home as the dad, I have a bad day. I take it out on Nancy. Then all of a sudden I hear Nancy in the back room taking it out on the kids. And then I see the kids out back shaking their dial, going, what's wrong with you? It just it, it doesn't, doesn't attitude and negativity flow like a river sometimes, doesn't it kind of touch others' lives when it flows out from your words, from your attitude? I love Facebook, but I don't love hearing about your miserable life every day on Facebook. Does anybody have a friend on Facebook? You're just like, oh, dear God, are you having problems again? Gosh, get over it. 
Fake it till you make it. My goodness, put a smiley face on that thing. My goodness, you're not living in a third world country. I mean, God, come on. Do you have, do you have water to drink? Just tell us. I'm happy because I drank water today. Did, did you have a heart attack? No, just tell us you're happy you didn't have a heart attack. This happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and I'm so depressed. But I'm a child of God. Come on. Come on, get that little dirty country creek out of here. Get filled with the rivers of God's glory, the rivers of God's joy. There's so much. There's so much. There's so much he has for us. I want to show you a couple of things now about this concept. If you're ready, somebody say, I'm ready. By God's grace, I'll be done before 12. So thank you for your patience. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. I want to get you out early to spend time with your fathers. And I feel this message is so powerful. I don't need to bog it down with details. We're going to pray today at the end of this this service with some altar workers. And they're going to flow the rivers to you if you need it. And then they're going to lay hands on you to get your own rivers. Because the Spirit wants you to have your own too. Look at Isaiah chapter 53, 1 through 3. Is anyone thirsty? The same prophet that would say, the, uh, the same prophetic word, uh, the same prophet that the Jews would quote on that day and say, with the water, with the joy of salvation we draw out the water, is the same prophet here because he uses this concept of water being a good thing. Look what he says in Isaiah 55, verse 1. Come. All you are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Doesn't that just sound like our God? Does that sound like a God who's just picking out his favorites, saying, you can come to the pool party, Adam, because you look like an Amber Crombie Fitch model. You can come, but Ishmael, we can't let you get out there. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. But I'm like that too. It's like I take off my shirt. Before I used to take off my shirt, the girls are like, woo. Now I take off my shirt. They're like, oh, oh. Like a beach wall. Here he is. But praise God. Everybody's invited to the pool party of heaven. Everybody's invited. You can come. Well, Joe, I'm a sinner. Come, man. Well, I, you know, I, I would, I'm a redheaded stepchild. I wet my bed sometimes that night, and I'm a scared of the dark. Come on anyway. Well, I, I got drunk last night. Come. Well, I don't know if I believe all this Bible stuff. Just come. Come, come, come. C-O-M-E, come. Come to Jesus. He invites you to come. He's not testing you. Did you pray five times a day? Did you do charity? Did you do good works? He's just saying, here's the only prerequisite. Here's the only thing. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Because if you're thirsty, there's a place at the pool party of heaven for you. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Now look at verse 2. Why spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good. Your soul will delight in the riches of fair. Give ear and come to me hear me and your soul may live i will make an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promised to david the only prerequisite for you to get the rivers of living water the bread of life is that you're thirsty and you come 
He says, why spend your money on what doesn't satisfy? People will spend their money on alcohol to bring them that joy, and it won't do it. But they won't come to church to get filled for free. People will fight and and, and be in the doggy dog world of business to try to achieve success, but it won't satisfy. But yet they won't come here and humble themselves and be filled. The Bible is saying, why spend money on what's not bread? Why spend money on path and these things that don't satisfy you when you're hot, you know, on a summer day when water is for free? Come on to the water of life. That's the example he's given us here. You know, those of us who grew up drinking pop, there was a time, you know, you probably experienced it. Maybe you're in your early teens. You had been out doing something all day, and you're like, I'm thirsty, and I like pop. Pop is a drink, and I'm thirsty. And you drank it and drank it, but it didn't quench your thirst. You know what I'm talking about. It just made you more thirsty and it made you more thirsty and then finally you said man just give me the tap water and it was like oh it refreshed you god is saying don't spend your money on things that can't refresh you come if you're thirsty and he will do what he promised is there anybody here that was ever thirsty in their soul and jesus filled you up amen praise god look at those hands that's a testimony now let's go to jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13 And I see this uh, prophet here, Jeremiah, like speaking to our generation as well. This is another word that we need to hear today. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Look at what he says. God is talking through this prophet. And God says to his people, my people. Somebody say, my people. Somebody say, mi gente. Okay, my people, God says, have committed two sins. How many sins did they commit? Two sins. Let's see if we can count them down. They committed two sins that that God saw. Number one, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And what's the next one? Have dug their own cisterns, which are like wells, broken wells that cannot hold water. Everyone look up at me, please. I think this is the sin of our generation. It's, it's not that, you know, our generation, you know, just loves sex, money, and drugs, or our generation just loves fame and entertainment. That's not their biggest sins. The biggest sins of our generation isn't that they, you know, like Little Wayne music or Lady Gaga. That's not the biggest sins. The biggest sins of our government isn't just that they turn a blind eye to justice and don't care for the poor. The biggest sins, God summarized it in a way we could all understand. The biggest sins of this generation are this. We have forsaken the living water of Jesus Christ, and we've gone to broken wells, and they don't satisfy. We've we've turned our back on God and the government, and instead of asking God's living water to flow from the White House to your house, we keep putting our trust in men, and, and they don't satisfy. And we keep believing in people to be that man, but that man can't do it because God never intended a man to do it. America was established for the pursuit of life, and, and, you know, pursuit of life, love, and, and liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The government can't give you that. Only God can give you that. All the government can do is just provide a safe place and get out the way. What is that phrase? The, what, I forget that phrase. Life, love, and what is it? Is it pers- life, liberty. Thank you, sir. Life. Everybody say life. Somebody say liberty. Say pursuit of happiness. When we look to our government to give that to us, what did we find our government was? A broken cistern. 
Only God can give that to you. When you look to sex to give you fulfillment, you don't get fulfillment out of sex. Am I right? I mean, has anybody here ever had sex but then still had a bad day? Has anybody here ever been in a relationship with somebody and the relationship, no matter if it was physical or not, couldn't satisfy your soul? How about how many of you have ever had money in your hands? Your biggest payday, did your biggest payday satisfy your soul? Two sins we've committed. We forsook the living water of God and we went to these broken cisterns. How many want to go back to God and get his living water? Now look with me to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Now, I don't ever like to, you know, to generalize in a congregation because there's some people here that never were like me in the world, and I don't want to pretend like everybody is like me or was like me. But I just want to ask, was there anybody here that used to party before you got saved? Was there anybody here that ever used to go to a party and say, let's get it on? Anybody here start getting a little drunk, getting a little tipsy? You maybe got a little high. See how quiet it gets in church now? It's just me. It's like, It's like just him. But I'll preach to myself. I used to go to these parties. I used to hang around these friends. And the whole idea, you may not have been like me, but I'll just tell you what I used to do. I used to go to these places to find a temporary high. I wanted to escape the world that I was living in by getting drunk, by getting high. I wanted to get tipsy. I wanted to tell the story the next day to my friends about what I did. I wanted to be the Jersey Shore in Fort Wayne before it was even popular. And guess what used to happen because of drunkenness? I used to do the most stupid of things. I began to destroy my life. I got arrested eight times. I have a scar on my leg where I had to get over 20 stitches because when I was drunk, I tried to commit a crime and I put my foot through a glass door and it went right up into my leg and I had to tie my shirt around my leg like I was in Vietnam and be dropped medevac to the hospital. I was tore up from the floor up. I needed a checkup from the neck up. You might not have been me, but I want to tell you something about me that you sober folk didn't understand. I understood the mundane nine to five was not good enough. I understood that just waking up, getting a job and coming home wasn't good enough. And some of you goody two-shoes, you were pretending like it was good enough, but you knew that it wasn't. But the body of Christ today pretends like we don't understand that inner desire. We become hypocrites. And I want you to understand this. The Bible doesn't say that that desire to be satisfied and take a trip on the magic ship away from reality is a bad thing. It actually says this. Don't get drunk on wine. But those of y'all who want to get it on, don't get drunk with wine when it leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get high on the Most High. Give Jesus a try. Because you look at people, they're so stiff. No, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any of this. And then, you know, you look at them and their life is mundane. Without God, it is pointless. At least the drug addict says, hey, let's eat, sleep, and drink for tomorrow we die. Eat, drink, and be merry. Have you ever heard that saying? Because he understands that if this is all there is, sirrah, sirrah, let it happen, bring it on. So the Jersey Shore is actually not, a, not an indictment against humanity in the sense of their ambition being wrong. No, their ambition is right. What they're saying is if there is no God, if there is no other place to go after we die, then we might as well enjoy it here. What's the point of only being married to one woman? What's the point of just paying your taxes and working a job? Let's live life as a party. 
But God speaks to people like that, people like me. And he says, Joe, you understand that this world is boring, that this world by itself can't satisfy. And so you try to escape through highs and drugs to get yourself a meaning, a sense that supersedes the mundane level of this world. He said, don't get drunk on wine then because you're going to act stupid. You're going to be debaucherous. Don't you do that? He said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, I can be filled with the Holy Spirit and understand the higher purpose of my marriage. But without being with the Holy Spirit, my wife can't satisfy me. See, people look at me all the time and they think I just took a magic pill and got saved one day. No, the only thing that breaks the power of lust off of my life is getting high on the Holy Spirit. The only thing that breaks the power of sin on my life is the power of the Holy Spirit. I won't be a hypocrite. I won't pretend with you. I'll tell you right now, I stopped drinking the Holy Ghost. I'll be the first one out there getting it on tonight at the club. But it's the power of the Holy Ghost that empowers me, motivates me, satisfies me. And then I understand every other thing in my life. I understand every other thing in my life because by the power of the Holy Spirit, I understand the significance of my wife and kids. I understand the significance of what I'm supposed to do here in my purpose because my purpose is doing more than just playing dowels in the backyard in a sandbox because if there is no God, that's all it comes down to. All you are is an evolutionary animal that has gone throughout the stages of evolution and you're just playing in the sandbox just like an ant getting food to its other little ants. You will die and that will be all there is but my friends if we do have a soul then our soul has a god-shaped hole on the inside that is longing to be filled with something that's greater than the natural world something supernatural and those of you who have been good at tuitions and never maybe never reached out to drugs and i'm glad you haven't but i want you to look down deep inside your soul does your bachelor's degree master's degree doctorate degree your business your family does it truly satisfy you and if you're honest and say no i know there's something missing this is what the bible says to you be filled with the spirit stand to your feet please today would you give the lord a hand clap of praise come on band would you come all drug addicts are people that are hooked on the wrong drug we need to get hooked on jesus all drunkards are people hooked on the wrong drink drink the spirit hallelujah you be honest with yourself you got an inner hunger You've got an inner thirst. God says, I'll fill it. In closing, look at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 21. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 21. I want you to see this because this is powerful. It says, forget the former things. Everybody say, forget about it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, forget about it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. You cannot walk forward while you're looking back and get there successfully. You can't drive a car looking back, going forward. Are you all tracking with me? Some of you are saying today, well, Pastor, man, my life is messed up. I do have an inner hunger, but I can't seem to ever have it healed, heart healed, or emotions healed. I can't get over it. I keep dwelling on my past. This is what God says. Forget the former things. Why does he tell you to do that? Because he's writing a new future for you. 
the future he has for you is not the future uh, the past you lived forget the former things do not dwell on the past see i am doing a new thing come on look at your neighbor and say god wants to do something new in you look at your other neighbor and say something new in you Come on, somebody. God wants to do something new in you. Get rid of the past and your doo-doo. Get rid of that stuff. Come on. What do you do with the toilet after you use it? Do you look at it? I'm just being honest. Come on. After you do it, do you look at it? Do you then just sit around and talk about it, smell it, take pictures of it, put it on Facebook? What do you do? You flush it. You forget about it. You don't dwell on it. That's waste. That's garbage. That's not something you want. Come on. Do you, do you take out the garbage and put it in your bed? Stop dwelling on the sins of the past, the hurts of the past, the doo-doo of the past, the garbage of the past. Let God flush it. Let God flush that sin. Let God flush that hurt. You might not have been able to control what was done to you, but you now can control what you do with it. You're right. Somebody might have poo-pooed on you. Somebody might have put trash in your life, but you don't have to carry it around anymore. Flush. Look at your neighbor and say, flush. Flush it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. New thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the what? See, you thought I was just being gross talking about waste, right? But the body, you see, I read the Bible before I preached this. You know what I'm saying? I knew where I was going with it. He is parting the waste. He's throwing it away. He's changing the very landscape of it. And he's now making what was once waste and dirty and and nasty a dump where all the sewage goes and all the garbage goes. He said, forget about it. I'm flushing it. I'm renovating it. I'm making it new. He said, the wild animals honor me. The jackals and the owls because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Listen to what he says. He says, you know what? Creation honors me because I give them something to drink. Come on, get the revelation here. If you have pets, your pet loves you because you do what? You give it something to drink and something to eat. He's saying, creation, they honor me because I provide water for them. Now look what he says. Wild jackals honor me. Owls, because I provide water in the desert streams and the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. He said, the water really isn't for the animals. It's really for the people. If you lived in the desert and there was a clean stream of water, everybody drank from it. The animals, humans, everybody. And he was saying, you see the animals, they appreciate me for this. They honor me. But the flip side is, but man's not honoring me. They're not coming to drink and honor me, but my chosen people will. Those who really know who God is will see that he's offering them something beautiful. 
Those who don't will stay in their wasteland. Is anyone thirsty? Does anyone here, let's let's look at it in two ways. Number one, does anyone here want to leave their life of sin and get born again and come to Jesus? The salvation of Jesus Christ will be like a well of living water in you. The second question is, is there any Christian here who knows and loves the Lord but needs to be refreshed and take another drink of the Spirit of God? It says, the people I formed for myself that they may praise my name. Will you decide today to praise God? We're named Metro Praise because we decided to come drink of his water and give him praise. I'll do better than a dog. I'll do better than a jackal. I'll do better than an owl. I'll praise him. Would you close your eyes with me right now as we get ready to leave out of here? Is anyone thirsty? Let him come right now. First of all, if you need Jesus in your life, I want you just to repent of your sins and say, Jesus, forgive me. Altar workers, would you come, please? Would you just say, Jesus, forgive me if you need the Lord's forgiveness? We're not going to call you out right now. I want you to do it between you and God. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for forsaking you and going to something else to satisfy me. Come on, what two sins have we committed? We forsook the living water and we went after empty wells. If you want to be born again, you've got to ask Jesus to forgive you of forsaking him and to make you new today. Come to the living water. Come, those who are thirsty. You can say a simple prayer like, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. Fill me with everlasting life few more moments right now those who are already saved would you just kind of thank him right now to yourself just just thank him praise him because i'm going to come to you in just a moment but right now the first prayer is for those who need to be saved you haven't you've never experienced what we're talking about just right at your seat say jesus come jesus come I know there's more to life than this, God. I know there's more to life than this. Maybe you never did drugs like me, but come on, you know it. You can see through it. You can see through this world. You know there's more to life. Come on, Jesus. Save me. Give me living water. Now all the Christians here today, just raise your hands with me. And if you just prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, you're now a Christian, so raise your hand. And I want you to ask the Lord to fill you in the areas of your life that you're trying right now. Whatever area of your life you're drying, the Lord is still bidding you to come. He's saying, if you're thirsty in your marriage, come. Anyone thirsty in their marriage, you need a a refreshing restoration, come. Forget the former things. I'm going to do something new. Come on, you you need a refreshing from an addiction. You've been struggling. You've been working in the flesh, but you can't get free. Jesus says, let go and let me do it. Come on, he'll make you pure again. He'll wash you clean. Come on, Lord, refresh us. Those of you who serve in the church, sometimes you work so hard, you forget to take a drink. You forget about happy hour. Come on, Jesus says those who work hard need to drink hard. Happy hour in the spirits here right now. Come on, take a drink. Take a drink. Get refreshed. Get renewed. Get refreshed. 
Come on, come on, come on. Fathers, if you need to be refreshed in being a man of God, be refreshed. Mothers, children, be refreshed. Refresh me, Jesus. Refresh me, Lord, to write. Refresh the gifts that you've given me. Oh, Lord. Refresh me in finances. Refresh me in vision. Oh, I'm thirsty. Refresh me in joy. How many need the joy of the Lord? How many need the joy, the peace, the patience, the God? The God of the universe wants to give it to you. Ask Him. Rivers. 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 Woo. Now, if you could just look at me before we go, would you just put your hand on your belly? Come on, just look at me. Say, I am filled with the rivers of God. Every dry area of my life is refreshed right now. (sighs) Every dry area of my life is refreshed. Come on, say, I will let these rivers flow and refresh those around me. Come on, think of some people you need to refresh today. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I want to refresh people in my neighborhood. Lord, I want to refresh Steve, his wife, Michelle, my neighbors. Come on, say it again. I am filled with the rivers of God. Before we go, just in a moment of just quiet adoration, because I never want you in the church to think it's just a shout or a hype. Just tell them, thank you. Come on, because you walk it out of here changed. You're going to have to apply that word. It's going to get tested. But just thank him. This isn't make-believe. You know it. Some of you are feeling it right now. Some of you want to cry. Some of you want to laugh. Come on, it don't matter, but it's a refreshing Thank you, God. Hallelujah. There are rivers on the inside of me. Thank you, God. I'll never be dry again. I'll never be dry again, God. Whenever your marriage is dry, just go to the rivers. Get together, grab your wife's hands and say, Honey, let's pray. Let's ask God to fill our marriage with joy again. Anytime your children are just getting discouraged or you feel there's issues in the home, grab your children and say, let's go to the river. There's a pool party for everyone. Let's go. Hallelujah. Would you just hold your neighbor's hand right now? We're going to do something fun. Can we do the wave? Can we do that? Let's, let's start it somewhere where it makes sense. Okay, so we're going to start it where Lauren is. We're going to do the wave. It's going to come all the way down to here. It's going to go this way, cross over. Um, Hector, come on over here to Diana. Then it's going to go on the front row. Ricky, hold hold her hand. Anais, why don't you turn around so you can face her. 
It'll make sense now. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. Now my brother right here, turn and face Lily. You got to turn around because you're giving her your back. Give her your face. She wants to see you smile. It's okay. Turn around. Somebody say it in Spanish. She'll understand. Enoeta. Come on, turn. There you go, baby. There you go. Now down to Lily. Down to Lily. And, 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 and over there to my sister, Christy. And if you haven't got the hang of it, there you go. Now you got it. We're a fast learning church, aren't we? And it goes all the way down to that last row. Are you guys ready? Okay, how are we go? we're going to get down to this row right here. Come on, Ben. You guys right here. You three, come stand here. It's okay. I want to do this so bad. We are going to do this. Can we put on some happy music? We're not at a funeral anymore. Thank you for the somber music. We, we, we got it. Put on just some party music. Look at your neighbor and say, this is fun. I don't know if you meant that, but it's fun. Okay, we're going to wait for the happy music. Lauren, you got a lot riding on you right here. So it's going, oh, I'm sorry, Robin. Robin going all the way down, all the way around to the front row this way, to Ricky down back that way, to my brother there. And all that. Okay, are we all ready? Okay, start it off, Robin. Okay. We're not as smart as we thought. Come on, do it one more time, Robin. you you're dismissed have a great father's day we'll see you at life groups come forward if you need prayer for anything we'll pray for you today god bless you we love you